Let us pray. Gracious Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come together as your people, to hear again from you this life-giving message. Open up our hearts and minds so we keep focused on you for life, life on this earth, but life with you eternally. Lord, we thank you for the gifts you have given us and the future you have made possible. In Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. There's a story of a young lady who has husband had just walked out on her and she was going through struggles. And then she's with her mum and she said to her mum, how come you're not as upset as I am? My father died, your husband died six months ago. My husband has just walked out on me. My job's not secure. I've had to deal with COVID for the last couple of years. I feel like it's all come to an end. And mum's response was, I'm with you throughout this. But remember this, that our life is not about this life. Our life is about a future that God has made possible for us. A future that goes beyond this world. You see, mum was a person of faith and so was the daughter. But mum had kept focused on Jesus and the future God had made possible. God has made possible through Jesus' death and resurrection on the cross. One of our challenges as we live is we often get focused on today, on our present time. We get focused so much on today that we can bring sadness on ourselves. We can bring disappointment and frustration with God and with other people. But God calls us and God reminds us, as he does every Sunday, and especially this Sunday and Easter Sunday, that life does not stop on this earth, that there is a future for all of us. And so I want you to put yourself in the position of those women on that first Easter Sunday morning. I want you to put yourself who, they were dedicated to God, they were dedicated to Jesus, so much so that they were prepared to go out to the tomb with the spices to anoint the dead body. Listen to what happened. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified and on the third day be raised again. These women did nothing abnormal. They did what any many human people would do. They were focused on their current situation. They were sad and disappointed. Life was not as they would like. But they needed reminding. Like we need reminding. Like we need reminding frequently of God's future promises, of what God is doing for us. These women are like many of us. And what they did next has changed the course of history. It has refocused humanity, not on today, but on the future. Because what they did next was they just didn't hold on to this news and just think, I'll be a fool if I tell this to anyone else, or I'm just going to keep it to myself. I know that God loves me. 
they went back and told the apostles, even though they were probably laughed at. But not only that, they didn't see any fruit themselves, but we know from the story that Peter was often struck by this. And that's because they were reminded of the promises of God. The promises of God that says Jesus is about life. He is about true life. And what we need to remember, what it's important for us to remember, is for Jesus living on this earth and suffering, then death, and then being raised to life was the plan. Jesus had continually shared this with his disciples and with others leading up to this. Earlier on in Luke chapter 9, 13 chapters before today's story, we hear this. And Jesus said, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. And we know from his interactions with some of the apostles, they never got it. Or to say, no, that's not going to happen to you. Because they had a vision of God that was not accurate. They had this vision of God that life should go nice and easy and perfect. That if Jesus is truly God, he would just take over the leadership of the land. That was their vision of God that God would make life easy for them. A couple of weeks ago, I preached at the peace rally and one of my comments was at that rally that we often want peace, but we want it on our terms. We want peace, but often we want peace at the expense of others having peace. God wants to give us true peace, like he wants to give us true life. And so what Jesus points out is that the cross had a purpose. What Jesus points out is the tomb has a purpose. What Jesus points out today on Easter Sunday is that for Jesus and us, life, not death, has the final say. Jesus said to Martha, and this is when Lazarus had died and he raised him to life, he said this, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? This is a challenging part for us as humans living on this earth because we get so focused about being part of this earth and fitting into this world that we often allow ourselves to get stuck in this world which ultimately ends in death. The Bible talks about that everything on this earth is temporary. Everything, family, friends, education, money, mansions, Even nations are temporary. And yet many of us get focused on those things for life. I don't know if you've been to a funeral or funerals. As a pastor, I have the privilege of being at funerals quite frequently. Most of them Christian funerals. But occasionally I end up going to a funeral of a friend or someone I know who's not Christian. And there's a stark contrast between a Christian and a non-Christian funeral, often. And the contrast is this, is the focus at the funeral for a Christian is often towards Jesus and the new life he gives. Yes, there's a discussion about what this person has done and how blessed we've been through this person, but the message at a Christian funeral is that this death is not the end. There is a future to look forward to, and that future is because of Jesus. Jesus. 
at a non-Christian funeral, and I can remember one of somebody who was quite well known that I went to, a lot of the discussion was about how good this person was, how wonderful they were, all their achievements. But now it's going to be sad because they're no longer around. They hadn't, there was not much to look forward to. Well, Easter Sunday is a reminder for all of us that God has given us something to look forward to, a life to look forward to. And so death does not have the final say, but life with God does. And this life with God is made possible simply because of the forgiveness of sins. You see, Good Friday and Easter Sunday have to go together. They have to go together because what happens on the cross is necessary for us. Jesus goes to the cross and pays the price for our sins. Jesus goes to the cross and pays the price for our sins, pays the price with God for our sins. You see, the idea of, you know, some people, why, why did Jesus have to suffer? Why does God have his son suffering for us? Well, the other alternative is that we would have to suffer for our sins. That's exactly like the world we live in operates. The world we live in operates loves pointing the finger to people and saying, you're not good enough, you've failed, you need to pay the price for your sins. On the way here from Redeemer, I heard a policeman on the radio say something very similar. He said, if you speed this weekend, you've got double demerit points and we're going to come down hard on you. Unfortunately, that's how some people see God. But that's not the God who's revealed to us through the scriptures, through Jesus. We see a God who's prepared to suffer for us so that we could have life. So Jesus' resurrection gives this life by forgiving sins and therefore defeating the sin's power. And sin can be quite powerful. Some people actually live life defined by their sins. They live life by the mistakes they've made, the, the problems they've had, particularly if they've been high profile. And again, sometimes the media love to use that as a defining purpose. But for us as Christians... For us as Christians, we can be sure that God doesn't see us or judge us because of our sins. Luther sums this up in his small catechism when he says, when you look at the New Testament, when you go through the New Testament, what you see is Jesus coming to earth does three things. It frees us from sin. It frees us from death, meaning death is no longer the end. And it frees us from the power of the devil. And so for all of us, when we celebrate this Sunday, this resurrection that the God has, it's not just a resurrection he does to show off or do something. It's a resurrection he gives us so that we can have life. It has purpose for us. And here's the other issue that we have as Christians. Some Christians limit themselves when they think of God. They limit themselves and pick up something that they're comfortable with. And sometimes that, some Christians limit themselves to the cross. Some years ago, I had a discussion with somebody who says, as Christians, we've just got to focus on the cross. And I would say the cross is important. And that's why we have it as a central symbol in the church. That's why people wear it around their necks. But the cross is not the only thing. 
The cross is not the only thing of Christianity. In fact, if it was just the cross, we may as well give up. Because what we also need is the empty tomb. The empty tomb which starts to indicate that something's going on. Think about for a moment, what would you have done if you were those women who rocked up to that empty tomb? Their problem was they were thinking it from this world's perspective. He's dead, he's gone. Someone at Redeemer this morning said, if I'd rocked up to the empty tomb, I would have said, "Who who took his body? Who stole it? They wouldn't have been thinking about life. So the angels, which we assume is what those people were, said to them, why are you looking? Why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? But for us as Christians, it's not just the cross and it's not just the empty tomb, but we also have the appearances of Jesus. If you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, what you hear is Jesus appeared to over 500 people. And appearing to over 500 people, those people just didn't hold it on to themselves like the women just didn't hold on the witness of the empty tomb themselves, or the disciples who later on see Jesus didn't hold on to themselves. Those witnesses shared this message that they had seen Jesus. Jesus was alive. He had defeated death. And what does this mean for us? It means Jesus gives us a new life, a new perspective on how to live. Romans chapter 6, verse 4 to 5 says, We were therefore buried with him, that is Jesus, through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may have a new life. For if we have been united with him in death like this, we'll certainly also be united with him in his resurrection like this. The promise from God is that our life will continue beyond death. We will be raised from the death with him in eternity. God gives us a new life. And it's not just a new life that we say, all right, I'm going to have this new life in the future, but it's a new life that continues to affect who we are today. Watchman Nee makes this observation. Watchman Nee is a Chinese missionary and he says this, the cross of Christ sets aside the old creation and the resurrection of Christ brings in the new creation. So when we think of Easter and we think of Good Friday and we think of Easter Sunday, it's important to have the two together. It's important to keep remembering that for us to have a new life, Christ had to suffer and pay the price for our sins, but for also for us to have a new life that Christ had to rise from the empty tomb for us, which he did. Eugene Peterson puts it this way in the Message Bible, but what appeared to be a defeat was actually the greatest victory of all. In his death, Jesus defeated sin. On Easter morning, death too was defeated. And isn't this a message that we need to hear, particularly in our current times? Isn't this a message that people that are around us, particularly those who are depressed or worried or overly concerned, need to hear? We have people and we hear news of floods and fires and we hear news of conflict around the world. And we hear news of people struggling to get out of COVID. We walk down the streets and we see shops derelict at the moment, which doesn't really bring life. But there is still hope. There is still hope for us. God gives us a future. And this is what Easter Sunday is about. Easter Sunday is said, 
Even though death has happened, it's not the end. There is a future. This new life is a life of guaranteed hope. Focusing on Jesus who gives us something to look forward to. And that looking forward affects how we live today. That looking forward affects how we live today. Before I was a pastor, I worked in the area of business development, particularly with with small businesses, helping small business people develop a plan and think of their business. And what I found interesting, that those who were most successful, who went along with their business, and success is defined in a number of ways, but those who were most successful had a vision to where they were going. They knew the future and they acted and that shaped how they would do things today. And likewise for us as Christians, we too should be shaped not by our current situation, not by what's happened in the past, but by the future God has given us, the future life God has prepared for us. So I want to ask you this question and something to reflect on. Where am I looking to gain life from? Are you looking to gain life from education, from good family, from lots of money, a well thought out financial plan? Are you looking to gain life from doing everything perfect and right and getting everything precise? Are you looking to gain life from your job? Are you looking to gain life, as one person said to me, I gain life from racing cars, from their leisure? As I said earlier, what we know is that everything on this earth is temporary and all those things, yes, they're a blessing and they're things that, that are part of our life and often many of them will be including our life. But are we looking to gain life from them means we're looking to gain life from living among the dead. Because these are all temporary things, things that will soon disappear. You know, the Ukraine situation has highlighted something very prominent amongst the elite Russians. A number of them have lost considerable amount of wealth, not because they were bombed, but because countries have taken that away. The wealth that they soon thought they had has soon disappeared. An F1 Formula car racer has lost his position because he's Russian, has also lost his lifestyle as a result of that. They're all temporary. And so are you looking to gain life from the dead? Are you looking to gain life from the old creation, the old human ways of life? A number of years ago, I was speaking to a, a person who's a fairly strong Christian, but they said their biggest problem is they're a perfectionist. And they said they're a perfectionist which creates problems. And I said, what does it mean? What do you mean? And they said, well, they follow the rules and the law and think that if they follow the rules and the law, they will have a nice, comfortable life. And they said, but what they've noticed is all it does is bring stress and problems to them. And they said, unfortunately, it's their nature, their perfectionist to try and follow all the rules and the law. And they said, the other thing it does is affects their other relationships. And they said, they started to realise that is the old way of life. Or are you looking to gain life from living the living Jesus? And this is not just a thing, of course you do to kind of, oh yeah, I know about Jesus, that'll be right. It's not just a thing to say, I've known about Jesus. This is an ongoing relationship with Jesus about connecting with him and thinking about and 
reflecting on what he says in the scriptures. How does it relate today in this current situation? What does that mean for me to have life from Jesus? And there's one more thing about today's reading in the Gospels. Those of us who know Jesus, those of us who know Jesus' resurrection, are called to share his good news and what it gives with others. The women saw the empty tomb. That's what they knew of Jesus. And the message they were told. And they went and shared it back with the apostles. If you go further, you'll see the apostles shared, shared it with others. But can I encourage you to do it with patience? Do it with patience and perseverance. I don't know if you picked up. The women shared it with the apostles and they were basically laughed at. Nothing seemed to happen. They probably thought, well, that didn't work. What was the point of that? Well, did you notice something happened? Peter got up and went and explored the tomb. And we know Peter then later on was convicted, actually saw Jesus and became one of the strongest proclaimers of the resurrection. And likewise, we too are called to be a person who shares this living Jesus with the world. Shares the living Jesus to all that we know and meet. So what does this mean for us, this Resurrection Sunday, this resurrection that is so crucial, so central to the life of us as as church and Christians? First of all, let our whole life be shaped by the death and resurrection of Jesus. Think about what it means for you and everything you're involved in to be shaped by the death and resurrection. Think about what it means for you to have hope even when life is pretty crappy. When life is tough. What it means to be shaped by this death and resurrection. And remember this, the penalty with God for all your sins and all the sins of everyone else have been paid for by Jesus. Sometimes as Christians we can become a little bit complacent about this. We're happy for our sins to be paid for. We think, oh yeah, that's grace. But we want everyone else to pay for their sins. How about when somebody you know has sinned, rather than judge them, let them know that God loves them and forgives them. That's why he died and rose. How about, particularly during this season of election that we're living in, when we see politicians we don't like and we think they've sinned, instead of speaking well of them, why don't we pray for them? Thank God for them. And if you're brave enough, send them a letter of saying that to them that God loves them and forgives them, rather than badmouth them as much as we can. How about when you're struggling with your own sin? When you're worried about you may be not good enough, you remember, this is what Easter's about. Christ has died for me and he's given me a new life. And may this new life affect how I see myself and others. Because remember, sin and death are not the end. Look forward to a life with God forever. 
God makes this promise, and this is what this Isaiah passage that we heard was. If you look at Revelation, the same thing happens. You also see in Peter the same message. This message that the life we have to look forward to is a life far superior than we have on this earth. It's a life with no more sin, no more suffering, no more pain, no more death. Imagine all those things. I remember preaching on this at one funeral and some old bloke at the front said to me, I'm looking forward to that. I'm sick of the pain I've got. If that's true, let's seek life from Jesus. Let's look to Jesus before we look to other things for life. And yes, we use some of those other things because they're part of God's creation. But let's allow our response to be shaped by the living Jesus. And then lastly, as you live your faith, keep asking this question every day. Who in my life needs to hear the message of hope that the resurrection of Jesus brings? Who needs to know that they're loved? Who needs to know that there is a future? Now, that may mean you spending a bit of time with them. You may not mention Jesus straight away. But who in your life needs to hear this message of hope that God has given us and made possible? Some years ago, I experienced my first person who was Muslim who converted to Christian faith. And then recently I heard a story of somebody, um, a Muslim, who was being asked, what does it mean? Why did you convert to Christianity? And his response was this. He said, put it this way. Imagine you're walking down a road and you come to a fork in the road. And there's two options. And a man, two men are standing there. And one says, I'm dead, follow me. And the other one says, I'm living, follow me. Which one would you choose? The living or the dead? Andrew Murray, a Christian missionary, says it, puts it this way. A dead Christ I must do everything for. When we leave Christ on the cross and think, yep, we, we have this thing or we've got to do heaps of stuff for him. But a living Christ does everything for me. We share the message of the resurrection not to gain something from God, not to prove to God we're good, faithful Christians, but we share it, the call to share it, is so others can know that Christ does everything for them, like he does for us. That is the message of the resurrection. Christ does something we can't do, so we can have life with God forever. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your life-giving perspective of life, that you want to give us life, not just now, but in eternity. Lord, help us not to be attached to the things on this earth for life, but to be attached to you for life. Lord, we thank you for everything you've given us. And we pray that through you, you use us to bless others in your name. And loving Father, on this special day, on this day of the resurrection, we thank you. We thank you that your son Jesus rose from the dead and became, was seen by at least 500 people 
so that we can know this message, that there is life to look forward to after death. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.